she says, okay, that bear went in my van. What happened when a hungry black bear jumped into family's vehicle with a child still inside? In some extreme cases, uh, some people do die. Fraser Health Authority confirming a cluster of cases with Legionnaire's disease in the Guildford area of Surrey. Question is, how did they get it? Make sure that you're not letting your dogs loose in the morning, say, you know, early to, to go out and take care of business. And the warning to dog owners in Tofino after a dog is killed by wolves at a popular beach. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Thanks very much for joining us. We start tonight with how a Coquitlam family got the shock of their lives this morning when a bear jumped into their vehicle. They were loading up groceries into their van at the time. One of their kids was still inside in the passenger seat. Julia Foy has our top story. I could hear her yelling. Coquitlam resident Vince Cardella knew his neighbor Rebecca might be in trouble when he heard the sound of a bear banger. She says, OK, that bear went in my van to get that bag. This video shows the bear after it stole a bag of oats and was eating it on a neighbor's yard. What makes this bear encounter so dangerous is that there was a child in the van. There was a family that was loading groceries to take to one of their neighbors into the back of their van. Uh, a young child was in the passenger seat of the van. When the mother and son went into the house for a few moments, the bear entered the vehicle. The older brother and the mother began screaming and shouting and throwing rocks at the vehicle and eventually hit the panic alarm, which caused the bear to wander off. A trail of oats shows where the bear made its exit. Westwood Plateau residents say they're used to being near bears, but not having this kind of close encounter. If it wasn't afraid of the noise of a child within close proximity and the food was more interesting, that is a problem. Little kids could have food around them or carrying food. You don't know what a bear will do. It's a wild animal. A bear trap has been placed in the family's yard. They told conservation officers they think they've seen the bear before and it had two tags in its ears, which means it's been in trouble before. It shows very high habituation and food conditioning and essentially a lack of fear of people. So it's very, very uh, unsettling. Residents in bear country are again being reminded to be extra careful when putting out garbage or leaving food anywhere where bears could get at it. Julia Foy, Global News. Health officials are investigating an outbreak of Legionnaire's disease in the Guildford area of Surrey after nearly 10 people have been diagnosed with the disease and sent to hospital. Jill Bennett now has the details on what you need to know and how it is spread. So we're really talking about this area right in here. It's unclear where exactly the confirmed cases of Legionnaire's disease in Surrey came from. At this point, health officials can only narrow it down to the Guildford area. It is less than 10 individuals that, uh, that are currently hospitalized. Less than 10 cases at this point, but Fraser Health suspects there could be more people that are sick. Have you guys ever heard of Legionnaire's before? No, no. no unfortunately no. no. Legionnaire's disease is caused by a bacterium called Legionella, which is commonly found in the environment. Things like cooling towers uh, within hot tubs that aren't drained, uh, shower heads and faucets, and really large plumbing systems. And it becomes a mist which people inhale, and that can potentially cause that pneumonia. There is a lot of concern. Because yeah, because he has swimming lessons every Saturday and Sunday, so yeah. he might have to face of that. Course. So. Yeah, I, I have to go and check that. Yeah. I haven't really heard of Legionnaires since, what, the 80s? 
In 2012, more than 100 people were infected and eight people died from Legionnaire's disease in Quebec City. The cause was rooftop cooling towers. In the Fraser Health Authority, there are usually only a few cases a year and most healthy people don't contract the disease. People who are elderly, who have uh, chronic lung conditions, things like emphysema or COPD, uh, people who are elderly or smokers, uh, as well as people who are immunocompromised are the people that, that typically um, develop this pneumonia. Legionnaires does not pass from person to person. The health authority says anyone with cough, fatigue, fever, shortness of breath or other pneumonia-like symptoms should seek medical attention. They are continuing to investigate the source of the outbreak. Jill Bennett, Global News. Now, it's been more than a month since Surrey's notorious Wally Strip was cleaned up, but businesses are saying they're still being hit by break-ins. Paul Chen says his auto repair shop has been broken into again. Last week, an attempt to get into the U-Haul truck that sits out front was captured on surveillance. Yesterday, he says someone tried again to get into the box, and this morning, he checked the truck and noticed the catalytic converter had gone missing. He says that has now forced him to cancel two customers who'd booked the U-Haul for a move. The theft, he says, is going to cost him upwards of $5,000. I started up and I hear this big noise from the bottom and I realize uh, something's wrong and I look underneath. Uh, they call it a catalytic converter. It's something this big. Um, it's missing. So they cut the piece right off it. I try to survive here. That's it. That's all I want to do is I pay my property tax and stuff, licensing. I just want a safe place to operate my business. That's all I want. I have to still have to put a bread on my table and my kids. Another reminder of just how dry it is out there after a driver captured video of truck wheels catching fire on the side of a BC highway. You can still feel the heat coming off this thing. I'm going to stomp it out. Sean Bono was en route to Revelstoke from Golden. That's when he stopped to investigate smoke in a ditch nearly two kilometres south of Moberly Branch Road. An entire wheel assembly with dual wheels broke off a truck on the highway, the red-hot debris, sparking a fire in the ditch where it landed. Bono says he stomped out the flames and called the wildfire service, but he wants to warn other drivers to watch out for this kind of thing. Better news on a wildfire that broke out near Okanagan Falls yesterday. Highway 97 was closed temporarily as fire crews battled those flames. This grew to about eight hectares before firefighters from the local fire department and the wildfire service got the upper hand. Now, they spent the day uh, mopping this up. No word yet on what sparked this fire, but it is believed to be human-caused. All this a reminder to stay vigilant this Labor Day long weekend. Conditions are still very tinder dry in parts of the province. That means wildfires are still a major threat. Almost all of BC is still under a campfire ban and a provincial state of emergency. There have been more than 2,000 wildfires this year. 518 are still burning. In other news tonight, a dramatic rescue by firefighters after a house in West Kelowna caught fire this morning with five people sleeping inside. They all made it out alive thanks to the fire department and a quick-thinking tenant. Global's Kimberly Davidson reports. It was crazy. It's the craziest thing that I've ever dealt with. Tori Schmidt was in his basement apartment making breakfast for him and his son when he noticed smoke seeping into his living room. The upstairs of the house was on fire. We just saw smoke billowing out of the back window. Schmidt and his son escaped, 
And then he realized the five people living upstairs were not outside. He started banging on the front door and woke up a little girl. I could hear her screaming from the bathroom window and I went around to the back and she couldn't get out so I went on the I jumped onto the barbecue pulled her out of the out of the bathroom window a man and a woman were trapped in a bedroom so Schmidt got a ladder and also pulled them out of the window when I was pulling out um, the the guy and the girl from upstairs when they when they came out they were just covered in soot and throwing up there were still two more people in the house, a father and his young son. The smoke was too thick to enter the house. All Schmidt could do was yell at them to get out. The father and son that were still in, the father seemed to be disoriented because the guy downstairs was yelling at him to get him out, get the kid out, like, come on. And he came to the window and then went back in, so we don't know, disoriented, smoke inhalation, I don't know. And that's when the fire department arrived. They got into the house quickly and found the pair in a back bedroom. When the little boy was brought out of the house, he was unresponsive. He started putting oxygen on the child and he started coming around coughing and sputtering. All five of the upstairs occupants were taken to hospital. Tori Schmidt says smoke alarms never went off. And several people left homeless today after a fire tore through a North Vancouver home. City and district firefighters responding to the home on St. David's Avenue and East 7th Street just after four this morning. Crews were able to stop the flames from jumping to nearby homes, but as you can see from these pictures, the house itself has been left badly damaged. No word on what caused this fire. In Tofino, a warning for dog owners to keep an eye on their pets when walking along a popular beach. This is after a dog was discovered dead, thought to be killed by wolves. Kristen Robinson reports. Chesterman Beach is normally paradise for dog owners with its long stretch of sand and surf. But early Saturday, it was the scene of a horrific attack. We do hear about it, you know, once a year, once every few years. And unfortunately, sometimes you'll get a bit of a spate of activity like this. So The district of Tofino issuing a warning after a local dog was killed at the popular beach's middle entrance in what is suspected to be an attack by wolves. We're asking everybody to keep their pets indoors at night and to keep your dogs leashed, especially on the beaches right now. Wolf attacks on humans are very rare, but dogs often become prey in territory where wolves roam. Last year, warnings were issued after two separate wolf attacks on the West Coast. I'm very thankful he's okay. A Nanaimo dog mauled while off-leash in Euclulet. Days later, an attack on an on-leash dog in Tofino sparked a 24-hour beach closure and a week-long dog ban on Long Beach. Make sure that you're not letting your dogs loose in the morning, say, you know, early to, to go out and take care of business, um, that that's the circumstance in which um, they can uh, interact with wolves and unfortunately it sometimes results in, in what took place. It's the likely scenario that led to heartbreak for a dog owner Saturday. And sadly, how Tofino's own mayor lost her dog six years ago. Her message, when in wolf country, keep your pet on a tight leash and never let them wander to become a meal for predators. Kristen Robinson, Global News.
Welcome back. Well, police on Vancouver's North Shore are on the lookout this weekend for any wild parties. This is ahead of the start of the new school year. Pre-graduation parties have been an annual ritual for students entering grade 12. In the past, some kids have gone into the bush to have a party and caused some damage to property. Police are reminding students about the dangers of being under the influence of drugs and alcohol. Most of these activities I'm talking about have been unsupervised and so we'd really encourage parents to have a good sense of what their kids are up to on this last weekend of the summer before school starts. There's been a couple of tragedies over the years uh, where uh, teenagers and alcohol have mixed and uh, and people have unfortunately been seriously hurt or even died and uh, yeah it's a, it's a big concern for us. Now, it is the dawn of a new era for short-term rentals in Vancouver. The city's new licensing rules are now in effect, which will have an impact on thousands of listings on Airbnb. But as Nadia Stewart reports, it's going to take a very long time to get everybody to follow the rules. Another milestone in the crackdown on short-term rentals in the city of Vancouver. I think it's a good first step. Definitely Airbnb has done something. As of Saturday, the grace period is officially over. We also hope to, that it sets a precedent for the rest of Canada. Um, as a first-in-kind agreement here, we really hope that this can help other cities who are struggling with short-term rentals as well. The policy was first introduced back in April, requiring all hosts to apply for a license. They had until August 31st to get one. In a statement, the city says anyone caught advertising without one will be subject to fines of up to $1,000 a day, among other enforcement tactics. At Airbnb, you can find holiday... But there are questions about just how long it could take to get to full compliance. Offline, the change that I see is that um, listings that don't have a license seem to have flipped over almost all of them to a minimum stay of 30 days in the calendar setting, which means that people can only book through the website um, a minimum stay of 30 days. This seemed to have happened overnight. In a Saturday blog post, Airbnb's director of public policy said there were just under 4,800 active Vancouver listings on their platform, more than 30% of which are exempt from the licensing agreement. They say just under 2,500 have already been taken down. The city says 88% of short-term rentals in Vancouver are listed on Airbnb, and it's the only platform where there's a memorandum of understanding in place. I think it'll, it will take some time. Um, for everything to, to settle. There definitely will be enforcement, there will be tears. It, it will be a journey, it will be something to be monitored. We should know in the coming days just how many hosts are following the rules. Nadia Stork, Global News. Starting today, BC producers and processors who market food products as organic when they're actually not will face new penalties. For years, there's been no regulation around vegetable and fruit growers using the term organic. But from today, a new provincial regulation states anyone using the term organic must be certified by one of several certifying bodies in the province. A windstorm in Prince George last night, so strong it knocked out power in one neighbourhood as well as a well-loved mascot. A giant inflatable duck has sat on top of Eden Spa's jacuzzi. Uh, that's on Central Street, east location in Prince George. For the last 15 years, the fourth duck to serve as the business's mascot went down in high winds last night. The duck was blown off the roof, hit power lines. Power was knocked out in the area for a part of Friday night. Eden Spa's, well, they say they've pulled their deflated mascot back onto the roof this morning. And after some repairs, the duck will be inflated, we're pleased to report, and it will be be put up again.
Because he didn't duck fast enough. Oh, very good. I had so many options there. And I oh, no. Very good. I can't think quick enough <laughs> right now. Uh, but I will throw it over to Yvonne, who is at the PE. Oh, yes. And what we've only got, uh, how many? Today and tomorrow? That's it. And Monday. And Monday. Yeah. And Monday as well. It'll be open on Monday. We're just at the Livestock Barns. We're going to be catching up with Heather O'Brien, who's just behind me very shortly. They're making shoes uh, for the horses here, so we'll learn more about it. I've actually got an audience that you're able to watch this if you're planning on heading down to the PE, so we'll have more information on that. It was a beautiful start to our long weekend today. It's been a dry one. A bit of a blip in the forecast, maybe for tomorrow evening. I'll have more on that. Monday's forecast, and of course, back to school on Tuesday. That all coming up very shortly. Guys? All right. Thank you very much for that. I'm glad that all went went. So many things could have gone I wrong would, with that show. Yes, there's a lot of things. I thought the horse, <laughs> for safety purposes, the horse should have turned around. I yeah. think because a lot of, yes. as you mentioned, a lot of a lot of horrible things can happen yes. from that end. I've seen. Yes. yes, I've seen that kind of mess. I'm glad that didn't happen tonight. <laughs> yeah, all right, too. what is going on in sports well, today? I'm hopefully not have as, as much a mess as that possibly <laughs> could have been. Uh, what have you got? Well, Whitecaps have a huge game uh, down the stretch here the last seven weeks. They're kind of in that must-win territory, so we'll preview their game against San Jose. And uh, earlier this week, we did uh, profile SFU football. They've not won a game mm -hmm. for four years oh. at SFU, but that, that streak is over. Welcome back. Well, America bidding a final farewell to Senator John McCain in Washington, D.C. today. Family and friends, as well as Washington Strong, paying tribute. But no President Trump. He wasn't invited. As NBC's Lester Holt now reports, it was a service that at moments felt not only like a last goodbye to McCain, but also the end of a special way of doing politics and leadership. A somber service inside the National Cathedral as mourners gathered to honor the life of Senator John McCain. His widow Cindy, wearing a replica of her husband's naval aviator wings, fought back tears as those close to him paid tribute to the man they loved. I am here before you today saying the words I have never wanted to say. Feeling the loss I have never wanted to feel. My father is gone. His daughter, Megan, gave a powerful remembrance. He was a great warrior. He was a great American. I admired him for all of these things, but I love him because he was a great father. As the political world celebrated his service to country and unwavering moral compass. John's great strength was his character. He was honest, fair, and civilized. As proof of his passion for bipartisanship, he asked two men who were his bitter political rivals to eulogize him. It showed his irreverence, his sense of humor, a little bit of a mischievous streak. After all, what better way to get a last laugh than to make George and I say nice things about him to a national audience? Back in the day, he could frustrate me. And I know he'd say the same thing about me. But he also made me better. In the end, I got to enjoy one of life's great gifts, the friendship of John McCain. Their words more important than ever during a time of great division in Washington. So much of our politics, our public life, our public discourse can seem small and mean. John called on us to be bigger than that. He called on us to be better than that. 
The current president, as McCain wished, was not invited. The America of John McCain has no need to be made great again because America was always great. McCain, just the 31st American to lie in state in the rotunda, left the Capitol this morning for the last time. The procession making a poignant stop at the Vietnam Veterans Memorial, where Cindy McCain laid a wreath in honor of her husband and all those who served. Like so many other heroes, you leave us draped in the flag you love. We don't put our heroes on pedestals just to remember them. We raise them up because we want to emulate their virtues. This is how we honor them, and this is how we will honor you. Oh, Danny boy, the pipes, the pipes are calling from glen to glen. A final farewell to a true American hero who put people and patriotism before all else. And if you're wondering what U.S. President was doing during that time uh, when Senator John McCain was laid to rest, he went golfing during that funeral. He also managed to have time to send out a tweet about the state of trade talks with Canada. Mr. President, do you have a deal with Canada? Any word on the Canada negotiations? This time uh, he tweeted there was no need to include Canada in a new NAFTA trade deal and warned Congress not to interfere with the negotiations. He added that NAFTA uh, was one of the worst trade deals ever made and should never have been signed. The flurry of tweets comes after Trump called out Bloomberg at a speech in North Carolina yesterday over comments he made off the record about Canada. I love Canada, but they've taken advantage of our country for many years. They have tremendous, tremendous uh, trade barriers and they have tremendous tariffs. Dairy products are, do you know this, Mark? Almost 300% tariff. Nobody talks about that. Nobody says that. They say, oh, Canada, we love Canada. I do, too. I even love their national anthem. It's called, very appropriately, Oh, Canada. <laughs> Would you like me to sing it? A day after Aretha Franklin was laid to rest, an apology has now been made to pop superstar Ariana Grande. The bishop who officiated the Queen of Souls funeral has apologized to Grande, who performed a tribute after he apparently touched her inappropriately. Bishop Charles H. Ellis can be seen holding Grande after her performance above her waist. He also apologized to Grande, her fans and the Hispanic community uh, for making a joke about her name and a Taco Bell menu. I certainly want to apologize to Ariana and to her fans and to her family and to her entire community if uh, what I said was taken uh, the wrong way. And uh, listen, uh, maybe it's just a joke that went bad, but when you're doing the program for nine hours, you know, you try to keep it lively, you try to make some funny references and what have you. Uh, I love everybody. Everybody that knows Bishop Ellis and Greater Grace knows that we love everybody. In other news tonight, at least nine people have been left hurt in a fire at an oil refinery in Bavaria. An explosion sent a huge ball of flames into the night sky. The blast was so powerful it could be felt from several kilometers away. 1,800 residents were forced to evacuate because of the fears of toxic fumes. The cause of the explosion is now being investigated. 
One person is dead and 18 others have been left hurt after a plane crash in Sochi, Russia this morning. The plane was en route from Moscow when it veered off the end of the runway during landing, crashing into a riverbed and catching fire. 164 passengers and six crew members were on board. The cause of this crash isn't yet known. Well, this weekend marks 20 years since one of the worst aviation disasters in Canadian history. It was back on September 2nd, 1998, that Swiss Air Flight 111 crashed into the Atlantic Ocean. All 229 people on board were killed. Investigators concluded the crash was caused by faulty wiring that sparked a fire. A service is planned for tomorrow at the memorial site in Nova Scotia. An airplane heading to Maui had to make an emergency landing after several people needed medical attention. The flight was travelling from Oakland, California and was forced to land in Hawaii on Friday after passengers began choking from a mysterious gas. It turned out that a passenger had snuck a can of pepper spray on board, which accidentally discharged. Passengers say at least 45 people had to be moved because of the fumes. In health matters tonight, there is evidence those with an autism spectrum disorder have a higher risk of depression. This is nearly after 225,000 people up to the age of 27 were studied in Sweden. Experts say it's important to understand how depression affects people with autism because the condition could further reduce the way they're able to interact with others. Getting people the right treatments can improve their quality of life. All right, hopefully you've had a chance to get off to the Peony and have a good day. If you haven't, there's still a few more days left. Our Yvonne is there right now enjoying uh, the atmosphere. Is it pretty busy there today? Yes, it is. It's very busy. It was a, took a little bit of time to get into parking, so if you're planning on coming down, give yourself a, some extra time. We're in the livestock barn here. We're going to have more on the, the horses, and we've got shoeing horses and a blacksmith that is going to join me, so stay tuned for that. But let's get into your long weekend forecast if you've got plans, especially for the latter half. A bit of a change on the way for a few spots across the province, and that'll be for tomorrow. A look at our tower cam shot right now. It is beautiful out there. It'll remain dry throughout the evening. Temperatures today climbed up to 19. The average for this time of the year typically sits closer to 20 degrees and we'll see a similar temperature for tomorrow. A record of 29 degrees was set back in 1987. Currently sitting at 22 degrees for areas near Kamloops, Prince George at 14, Port Hardy 17 degrees in areas near Victoria at 18. Fire danger rating still at extreme across the central half of the province, southern spots into the interior, ranging anywhere between high to moderate. So if you are outdoors and a few spots across the island, also at extreme. Smoky Skies Advisory still in effect for the following areas that are in grey, the central interior included within that. Most areas across the province still remaining dry this evening, but we do have a system that is pushing in or continuing to bring moisture. It's for the northern half of the province as it works its way towards the central and southern half tomorrow. We are going to be seeing some instability with an additional 5 and up to 10 millimeters for most areas across the coast. So it'll continue to be very wet and windy this evening and similar for tomorrow. Central interior, the instability kicks up for the afternoon where we're even looking at the risk of thunderstorms. And for us by the evening hours across the south coast, 
We do have a slight chance for an isolated shower. Risk of a thunderstorm for the piece tomorrow. Gusty winds up to 40 kilometers per hour. Whitehorse, we are looking at the winds between 20 and gusts of up to 40. Showers will just be for the morning. Much drier come the afternoon. Coastal sections, one more wet day tomorrow. Wet and very windy. And then it'll ease off Monday, a break. And then the return for some sunshine will be on your Tuesday. Caribou and Central Interior, risk of a thunderstorm. A southwesterly wind tomorrow up to 30 kilometers per hour. Columbia and Kootenai region, gusts tomorrow, windy at times at 50 and temperatures still climbing up to 25. Thompson Okanagan tomorrow will be gusty at times up to 40 kilometers per hour. Whistler, we will still see some cloud cover. The best chance to see some showers will be for Monday and then dry for back to school on your Tuesday. Across the island, many spots we will be looking at temperatures ranging between 19. Still more cloud cover for the morning hours and a chance of showers. And then on Tuesday, we're at 20 degrees. Metro Vancouver, get out and enjoy the next two days for the long weekend. But tomorrow evening, we will see more cloud cover. It does start to push in with a slight chance for a shower. That'll be our blip in the forecast. And then Monday, leading in towards our Tuesday, we will have plenty of sunshine. All right, we're in the livestock barn. Thank you so much, Heather O'Brien. You're actually got a live audience here and you've taken a slight break. Tell us what you're offering here at the PE and what the crowds are, are wondering. What are some of the common questions, what you guys do here? Well, one of the most common questions we have is whether or not this hurts the horse, yes. because it is kind of dramatic, um, but it does not, and we can assure you, because if the horse didn't like it, it would tell us quite strongly. <laughs> so uh, one of the other questions we get asked is how often it has to be done, um, and uh, how many women are doing it. So, And both of those questions are uh, it's, it's about every six weeks, and there's about 50% women doing this. And you guys have been here throughout uh, the course of the PNE. Uh, tell us a little bit about if you want to catch you still for Sunday, Monday, what time people can come check this out. Our shows here at the PNE are 3.30 and 6. And we alternate between, uh, this is called horseshoeing, and we also do blacksmithing demos. Excellent. You're from Maple Ridge. If people want to find out more information, where can they do so? They can do so by going to a website called theblacksmith.ca. And uh, they can uh, email me there. Well, enjoy the rest of the fair at the Peony, and thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. We'll let you get back to the live audience and the horse that you have here this evening. Thank, thank you, you, Heather. All right, uh, Sonia, a great crowd that's out here, and Heather is really going to get back on. She's going to put her mic back and still talk to the audience. And uh, coming up very shortly, if I have time, I'm still going to do one more food tasting here at the Peony because I've oh, got yes, two please. more days. I've got uh, yes, I've got uh, my Peony food tour, so I'll have something coming up at the end of the show. All right, before you get to your sport, mm -hmm. I've got a little sporting story of my own okay. to share. They say good things come to those who wait. Uh, tell that to one high school football team in North Texas. Uh, these guys finally winning a game after nearly eight years. Eight years? Whoa. The Diamond Hill Jarvis Eagles defeated Dallas Conrad 9 to nothing, snapping a 77-game losing streak. That is a lot to celebrate. It's a lot of... Uh... <laughs> A lot of sad faces for a lot of years, but they're happy. Yes. Well, yeah. That, that makes my story sound uh, half as painful. Really? Because uh, SFU clan mm -hmm. had not won a game for four years, half of that day. We got highlights. Check this out. They were trying to snap out a th of a 33 straight uh, losses, taking on Division Three Williamette University Bearcats out of Salem, Oregon. Nice crowd on hand up at SFU. And... They come out firing their quarterback, Miles Richardson, going to Band College product, uh, Ryzen John for the 38-yard touchdown. 21-0 clan after one. Then in the second, Richardson with another TD pass, this time to Robert Medors for the score. 
54-7 the final. The losing skid is over. They should beat a Division III school, and they did convincingly. UBC football opens up its season tonight at Thunderbird Stadium against Manitoba at 7 o'clock. Whitecaps and Quakes at BC Place tonight. Whitecaps coming off that rousing 3-2 win over San Jose last weekend where they spotted the Earthquakes a 2-0 lead before rallying with three second-half goals. Another win over San Jose is a must if Vancouver wants to keep itself in the playoff picture. The Caps are down to eight matches left and have to hop over two teams to get in. Three points tonight at home is essential. Yes, we need those. All of those points to, to get in the playoffs as soon as possible because now the games are running out and we got to take advantage of that. This season is no different to the last four. Um, whenever you get to the last ten games of the season, it becomes a little bit more important and points are at a premium, if you want to say that. So uh, this year is no different. We're in the mix, which is what we wanted to be at the start of the year. Um, and we're in a good run of form. You know, Other than the defeats that we had in Toronto in the Amway Canadian Championship. I think we're unbeaten in four or five games and we've picked up points. So um, we're in a good vein of form, but you know I'm not going to get fooled by that. We're at home to San Jose, we've come off a good result. We played them seven days ago. Uh, it's going to be a real tough game for us and we've got to make sure that we're at it because if we are and we implement what we're good at, then I believe we can get three points. Once again, kickoff at 7. MLS today, Toronto FC in desperation mode, hosting LAFC. Toronto six points out of the playoffs. Sebastian Javenko, that would have been spectacular, but Tyler Miller denies him. At the other end, LAFC will get on the board. Diego Rossi with the shot, took a deflection off Carlos Vela's elbow and in. TFC wanted a handball, but the goal stands. 1-0 LA at the half, and then in the second half, L.A. add another. Diego Rossi this time is going to get credit for this goal. What a shot that was inside the far post. 2-0. And then just two minutes later, Vela with the great footwork tees it up for Lee Wynn. 3-0 LAFC in the second. That is bad news for TFC and the Whitecaps because uh, Vancouver is trying to catch LAFC in the West. It looks like they'll be nine points back of them after that result. Jamie Vardy in the stands, sitting out his three-game suspension. Leicester City hosting Liverpool in English Premiership. Quick start for the visitors. Andy Robertson bowls his way down the pitch, threads it over to Sadio Mane, who's now got four in the young EPL season. 1-0 Liverpool before the half is out. Liverpool at it. To its lead, well placed from James Milner. Might be the easiest header there for Roberto Firmino as he gets the goal. 2-0, Leicester was pushing in the second. Should have been a clean sheet for Liverpool, but their uh, keeper, Allison Becker, maybe not the best idea there. Rashid Ghazal cashing it in. First goal conceded in EPL play by Liverpool, but they hang on to win 2-1. They do remain perfect, though, at 4-0. Chelsea trying to keep pace with Liverpool and win their fourth straight out of the gate, taking on Burnmouth. First goal doesn't come until the 72nd minute. Pedro making it worth the wait. Great footwork. Right footer finds the net, makes it 1-0 Chelsea. And then Eden Hazard will seal the deal in the 85th. More quality. Chelsea take it 2-0. They're a perfect 4-0 atop the table with Liverpool. Sergio Aguero in Manchester City hosting Newcastle. City dropping points last week to Wolverhampton, but uh, got back on track today. Raheem Sterling cuts it back and fires into the back of the old onion bag. 1-0 Man City. 
Newcastle, though, will equalize American DeAndre Yedlin. Will score the goal, and uh, nobody saw this one coming, but Man City doesn't concede many at home, but it's 1-1 against Newcastle, but the uh, home side will get the game winner, and it's a cracker. Aguero flicking it out to Kyle Walker, who tees it up from 30 yards out and sizzles it inside the far post. What a strike. 2-1. City wins. They improve to three wins and a draw. They are third right now in the EPL. Welcome back. Adam Hadwin's had an okay year by his standards, but he seems intent on turning it into a great year. Hadwin finished tied for 11th at the first FedEx playoff tournament last week, the Northern Trust. That vaulted him up to 52nd in the FedEx standings, which virtually assured him of playing this weekend and next weekend. But Hadwin wants to get into the top 30 that he will be able to play in the fourth and final event, the Tour Championship, and actually have a chance to win the entire FedEx Cup. Today, round two of the Dell Technologies Championship from Boston. Hadwin off to a great start in his second round, birdied his first three holes, and then on the 10th, knocks in his fifth birdie of the day. Actually got it to eight under, dropped back to finish at minus six, but a second straight 68 for Adam, tied for seventh, great position, just five off the lead. Tiger Woods has come close to winning this year. Could this be the week? Great putt at 14 here for birdie. Four under for the day at that point. Minus three for the tournament. And then at 17, Tiger's approach is dialed in. This will get to about six feet, and he would make that for birdie. 66 for Tiger today. Comfortably makes the cut. Sits at four under. Seven off the lead. Tied for 21st. Jordan Spieth had an, had an up-and-down season this year, playing fairly well this week. Ten-footer for birdie. He is in the mix at six-under, just like Hadwin. Everyone is chasing Webb Simpson, who finishes his round in style at 18. Third shot on the par five with the putter, and he will roll it in for eagle off the green. Simpson fires an eight-under 63, has the lead at minus 11. Third round coverage of the Dell Technology Championship can be seen on Global tomorrow at 12.30. It's a Labor Day Monday finish, as is tradition with this tournament also here on Global. LPGA's in Portland. Beautiful day for round three of the Cambia Portland Classic. Brooke Henderson has won this tournament twice. Loves Portland. Began the day tied for fifth. Was two under at one point, but faded on the back nine. Misses one short par putt. And then a bogey here as well. Four bogeys in a six-hole span, maybe hitting the wall a bit after that emotional win at the Canadian Open last week in Regina. Brooke, two over today, now tied for sixth at seven under, but she is well back at the leader. England's Georgia Hall starting to run away with it. Nice birdie at 16. She's got the lead at 18 under, two shots better than Minji Lee, and 11 up on Brooke Henderson. U.S. Open today from New York. Men's second seat, Roger Federer taking on the enigmatic Nick Kyrgios of Australia. You never know what you will get from Kyrgios. Tight first set, but as usual, Federer rises to the occasion when it's crunch time. Return winner there. Takes the opening set, 6-4. Second set, Federer keeps applying the pressure. Great touch on the drop shot here. Leads to a break, and Federer rolls 6-1 in the second. Third set, Federer broke in the 11th game and then serves for the match. Hammers the ace, Federer into the fourth round with relative ease on a collision course to face Novak Djokovic in the quarterfinals. Also, you'd have to say Federer, one of the coolest dudes 
on the planet just carries himself with a lot of confidence. Big upset on the men's side, all-German battle. Fourth seed Alex Verab, just 21 years old, taking on 34-year-old veteran Philip Kohlschreiber. Fourth set, Kohlschreiber will load up the backhand and fire the passing shot there for the winner. And then on match point, Zverev serving, he will net the forehand, and that is it, the number four seed. Sent packing by fellow German Philip Kohlschreiber. Federer and Djokovic, happy to see that. That makes their path to the finals a little bit easier now that Zverev is out. Women's side, 2006 U.S. Open champ Maria Sharapova taking on Latvia's Yelena Ostapenko. Sharapova now 31, just 19 years old when she won her only title at Flushing Meadows. Opening set, Sharapova with the perfect lob and the set 6-3. Sharapova looking sharp with the fashions and with her tennis game. This is match point. Ostapenko will net the forehand. And Maria Sharapova moving on to the round of 16. Straight sets win 6-3, 6-2. Tomorrow at the U.S. Open, Milos Raonic and John Isner in their fourth round match. All right, we want to tell you about an Alberta boy who caught a huge fish before we go tonight. The fish was so big, apparently, he had to wrestle it out of the water. It's big, but not big, because I thought there was bigger ones in here, but don't think so. No, we don't think so either. This is the whopper Luke Hebb caught this week. The koi fish weighing in at 16 pounds is about 30 inches long. Apparently, he used <laughs> hot dogs as bait. Luke was out on the pond with his grandpa when he made his big catch. Venting my bottom from both sides. My other grandpa on the East Coast, the, my, this grandpa that's just standing by, he's a really big fisherman. I passed on the love of fishing to him. Now he's the expert and I'm the, <laughs> I'm the tag along. Isn't that always the way? Uh, koi are a part of the carp family, which are considered invasive in Alberta. It is believed that this was apparently an abandoned pet that grew to this enormous size. Uh, the fish had to be handed over to environmental officials. Uh, but Luke, he's hoping to have a clay model of the fish made for his room as a memory. The fish is almost as big as him. That's a great, yeah, that's a great fish story, but he's actually got evidence of the yes. fish he caught. Yeah, it now, didn't get away. Yes, no one can deny it now. <laughs> All right, let's head over to the peony for a final word from Yvonne. Thanks, guys. So on the Peony Food Tour uh, this evening, we're doing um, red velvet mini donuts, and these are from the mini donut factory. So let's take a taste. <laughs> oh, what a tough job you has. So tough. Yeah. Red mm, velvet donuts. And they're they're still warm. <laughs> oh, great. Thank you very much. This is leave, don't leave don't save any for us. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you very much for watching. Good night.